Welcome to the first helpline for 2021 on Feed, Play, Love. This is, of course, your opportunity to join us either live on Facebook, where you can pop your questions below the video, or if you're listening to us via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And we are joined for our first helpline back with the marvellous Chris Minogue, Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. All you need to know about Chris is that she has been helping families for over 30 years and she manages to cut through all the uh, sleep deprivation and confusion that can come up when you have small children and trying to work stuff out. So if you have those questions, please pop them down below on our Facebook Live or get in touch via the email. But let's start off because we have been on a break for a while, Chris, so we have a few questions Perfect. that have been waiting for you. This one comes from Natalie, who emailed us on Facebook. You can do that as well. She says, my four-year-old boy has always been a terrible sleeper, but lately he's been getting worse. I put him to bed at 6.45 p.m., but it's not uncommon for him to still be awake past 8 p.m. He will continuously get out of bed, waking up his sisters, and it's getting really frustrating. Normally, by the time he goes to sleep, I'm so exhausted. I just sit there and cry. Oh, that's tough, Natalie. He wakes up about 7 a.m. and has stopped his day naps well before he turned two. I'm a single mum, so have no help. His night routine has always been the same of dinner, shower, book and bed. The kids have no routine when they go to their dad's, dad's house, which could be a contributing factor. But I have no idea where to go from here because when I suggest to their dad to keep his routine the same, all I get is my house, my rules. Please help. I'm sure that can be really difficult. So I think the consistency at your own house is the main pro main point here for you. And I think you're just putting him to bed too early. He's a four-year-old and quarter to seven is a bit early for him to be going to bed. As, a, as So I think by just grading that out, he's going to feel like he's got more time with you as a family. And that might help the behaviour in itself settle down. Um, but also it might put him to bed at the right time so his sleep is better. So I think a four-year-old would start their sort of story at around 7.30. Um, so I think if you can make that little, little transition just by pushing it out, so maybe for a couple of days put it, starting the story at 7 and then putting him to bed and then quarter past 7 and then half past 7, I think that will do the trick. And it's probably closer to what his father might be doing. Um, and that would keep the consistency going for him. And, and I think that that will settle the general behaviour. He's just going to bed a bit early for his age. How disruptive is it, Chris, if he's going between two households and there are different rules? In I, I think it can be really you know, destructive to them, especially if one is quite structured and the other one is quite you know, do what yourself, I'm the hero, you can do whatever you, you know, want to do. But I think in time, and hopefully as time goes past, there's better communication, so that the children's needs come first, but it can be really difficult if this is a more recent breakup. Yeah, well, good luck with that, Natalie. We do have lots of um, interviews on the website as well, if you want to check it out um, about separation and how perhaps yeah. it can help but um, the one thing I love to hear is that they always say it only takes one good parent, one yeah, person right. who's there for their kids, routines, yeah. all that, and your child will, will grow up well. Develop well. 
Okay, let's have this question from Liz. Uh, this is from an email. Loving your Feed, Play, Love podcast. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> I'm looking for some advice on naps for my two and a half year old. My son hasn't napped regularly for around six months now. He's a good sleeper at night, generally sleeping from 7 or 8 p.m. to around 6 or 7 a.m. Most of the time he refuses his naps entirely. Not even a car trip can get him to sleep. Occasionally he'll, he, occasionally he'll have days-long bursts of being completely exhausted, overtired and cranky. Around, after around five days of his cranky mood, he'll crash out for a nap, usually on a five-minute car trip somewhere, <laughs> and will nap for up to three hours if we yeah. let him, clearly catching up after the days of exhaustion. This seems to help with his mood in the couple of days that follow, but it's so tricky getting him to bed at a reasonable time on nap day which starts off slipping into the exhausted nap refusing process again. My question is, on the days he crashes out, should we be letting him nap as long as he needs to catch up on sleep or cap his naps at a certain length? I would cap his naps at a certain length. So if he has a nap, I would only make it a 20-minute nap and then I would add 20 minutes to the time that you normally put him down. And this is where the problem might be because he's going to bed for a two and a half year old swings by an hour. So sometimes it's seven and sometimes it's eight and I'm sure it's somewhere in between. So it's reasonable that around two and a half, they do start to give up their day sleep. And he certainly started that much earlier. And that could be why after five days, he needs this massive sleep. But a 20 minute sleep is probably all he needs to be rested enough. And I personally wouldn't let him sleep after about 2.30 in the afternoon. I would shake his leg and keep him awake, but put him to bed earlier, maybe at 6.30 or 7. But as a two and a half year old who's given up sleep, they're usually going to bed between 7 and 7.30. So hopefully by keeping that window consistent, and only a 20 minute sleep, you'll find over the next few months, it'll just disappear. And he'll generally go to bed between seven and 7.30 and he'll wake between six and seven in the morning. All right, well, good luck with that. This question comes from Jade in our Facebook inbox. She says, my son is turning two this month and I'm wanting to get rid of his dummy. I've been telling him for the past few months that we are going to leave it out for Santa and to take it in and in return, Santa will leave some extra presents. My issue is he absolutely loves his dummy. I only give it to him to go to sleep. When he wakes up, I take it off him straight away. I know it's going to be hard the first few days without his dummy, but I'm wondering, is there anything else I can do to make the transition easier on both of us? So I'm guessing this email came in before Christmas. Before Christmas. <laughs> I hope that uh, the Santa exchange has worked out well, Jade. But if not, Chris, what could they do? <laughs> Oh, look, I, I just think that around the age of two is a really good time to get rid of it, especially if they've only used it for as a, a sleep aid. Um, I also think it's really good to get rid of it before they go into a big bed because it's much harder to get rid of it at that point. Um, the only thing I probably wouldn't do is I never bribe them about it. I think that's not quite the way to go because then he has this connotation that Santa takes things and that's not really what we want him to do. Usually I just explain that you're becoming a big boy now and we're getting ready for our big boy bed. So we have to lose things like the baby things, the dummies, the sleep suits, that type of thing. We're trying to instill him to think he's, he's growing up. So if it hasn't worked, 
<laughs> over Christmas, then I'd take a little break for a week or two and I would not mention it at all. Um, and then maybe on one Friday, you just say, okay, you're a big boy now and we're looking forward to being a big boy. So it's time to take away that dummy. And I literally just take it away. And I think it's a lot more for the parent than it is about the child. So in that few days before, oh, I've lost you. Yes. Oh, I can still see you, Chris. Oh, well, that's okay. Keep on going. So um, we just, uh, from there, I just mentioned to him on the Friday and then on the Saturday, I just get up and I collect the dummies and we throw them out. And we, that first 24 hours is pretty tough. Um, I often give them maybe one of their special little um, soft toys to take to bed, a little cuddly, snuggly toy. And then from there, uh, we would, uh, after a day or two, it just sort of settles down and he no longer needs it or requires it. But remember to throw all the dummies out because they're sneaky. They'll go and find them. Yes, they will. <laughs> Experience <laughs> on that front. Our next question comes from Sabrina on an email. She says, yep. first off, thank you for your show. I just started listening a bit ago and already have learned so much. Me too, Sabrina. I reckon I could be a mother craft nurse. No, I'd... <laughs> I, I couldn't. But there are a few things I've learned over what? seven years is it Chris yeah absolutely and your own children Emma well yes learn from my mistakes um she says I have a six and a half month old baby girl she naps pretty well throughout the day although she requires someone to rock her to sleep or in a stroller up at about eight with three naps during the day and in bed by about 8 30 she will take a bottle for her naps and during the day, but when it comes nighttime, only the breast will do. As soon as I take the breast away, the protest begins. She has taught us very well that only mummy, mummy via the breast can put her to bed. Dad will not suffice. We do co-sleep, but plan to move her towards the bassinet soon. I don't even know where to start. Any advice will help. So I guess it's how does she transition away from... The breastfeeding at night and uh, getting her into a bassinet on her own. Yeah. So at six months, she'd probably just be going straight into the cot. But there's a few things going on here because in the day, she gets rocked in arms and she gets a bottle before she goes to sleep or rocked in the pram. And then at night, she gets a different message. And the message at night is you can sleep with us and you can breastfeed when and if you need it. So we've got a couple of different things going on here, but what hasn't come is that sort of independence of being able to settle herself. So if it was just about the breastfeeding, the first thing I would do is keep her co-sleeping with you and I would restrict the feeding down to four hourly. So maybe she can sleep with dad on dad's side and um, maybe mum could go and sleep you know, out in the lounge room and every four hours you come in, you sit up and you feed her and then you lay her back down with dad again. And that'll stop the searching. So I'd start with four hour windows. So if you fed her at say eight o'clock at night before you put her down, then um, the next one would be 12, the next one would be four and the next one would be when she wakes at 7.30, eight o'clock in the morning. So the first thing we need to do is get her to sleep longer without the need of a breastfeed. And then once you're feeling comfortable with that, we drop it down to one feed overnight. So that might take you three to five days to get it comfortably into two. And then we drop it down to one, say around somewhere between 12 and two. 
doing exactly the same thing. Dad'll have to help out here and rock and cuddle and snuggle. And certainly mum can help out. So as long as you, you know your time you're going to feed her. And what you're doing is just breaking the message between feeding and sleep. That feed is food and not a, a comfort for sleep. Now, once you get that going, then you have to think about those strategies to teach her to self-settle um, where you, you might rock her and calm her and quieten her. And then before she's asleep, put her into a cot, leave your hands on her and rock and pat her again to give her some comfort. And this is gonna take time. It's gonna take you a good month or so to do. So just start with little steps first, plan them out so that it's really consistent for you. And I think you'll find that in the end, you'll get to the place you want to be, which is her sleeping a bit more independently in her bed um, on her own. Good luck, Sabrina. Louise on the email says, over the holidays, my nine-month-old has had a very bad cold, which lasted for 10 days. Her nose was so congested and had a very, and she had a very hard time sleeping. She could only sleep long stretches if she was in my arms and sleeping with me overnight. Now that she is better, how do I go back to my daughter sleeping in her own room and cot again? Oh, this is a really common one when um, babies get a cold or they get their first virus and, and we go so far back the other way. And because it takes three to five days to get over these illnesses, by that stage, the baby's already learned that rocking or feeding back to sleep is the way to go. So in this case, um, it depends. You're going to have to revert it slowly. So starting each sleep in her bed, giving her a few minutes to self-settle, if not going in, picking her up, giving her comfort, calm her down, put her down, and then patting or rocking in her bed. So that would probably be the first week. Um, and something will improve. She might sleep longer in a bed before she needs you to go into there. And then from there, you're going to slowly get her back into the pattern that she was in before she got that cold. So it's really difficult when they get sick um, but I always say to my clients, you need to be really careful because three to five days and that baby's learnt that, you know, rocking, padding, picking up, sleeping with parents, um, you know, has undone all that you have done. And you just got to take a little bit of time and swing the pattern back to what it was prior to her getting sick. This is from Christine. She says, my four-month-old bub has started to roll onto her tummy, but she can't roll herself back yet. And it's causing me no end of stress over her being unsafe if she rolls in her cot. She absolutely hates to be swaddled, has done since from about one month of age and loves to sleep with her arms stretched wide. She's woken herself up twice after rolling onto her tummy during the night. And now I'm terrified to sleep myself for fear that she'll roll and I won't hear her. What can I do? Well, when her arms are free and she's rolling, that's, that's sort of the normal progress in babies. Four months is early to be rolling really consistently like that. But you do have her in a safe position in that her arms are free. So she's not restricted by anything. And she's got nothing... Um, you know, around her in her bed. So she's in a safe environment, a mattress well fitted to the bed, and she has started rolling herself. So um, at this stage being four months, sometimes they roll for a short period and then they stop doing it. Um, and others will continue to roll for their development. They just have learned to roll across the floor. Um, and at that point, you can settle her in her bed. So if she rolls naturally on her front, 
and she sleeps with her arms free and the bed's safe. That's just her natural development and she's safe. But if she rolls on her front and she's quite young as in four months and she wakes herself crying, you will need to go back in, roll her onto her back and resettle her into a bed. So this is a little bit frustrating. You've got to, sense, you've got to get a sense of whether it's just a bit of incidental rolling um, or is it actually the stage she's in and she's actually able to settle herself anywhere in her bed? Um, and that will come. So I think this is a little bit more frustrating than anything. But if you have to go into her, I'd roll her on her back and patter. Freya says, our previously sweet-natured and cheery 15-month-old has hit tantrum territory and oh. we are completely lost. For the okay. past two months, it seems like he's been he's melting down every couple of hours over crazy things like not being able to reach the light switches or because he threw his teddy down the back of the lounge, deliberately, I might add. And then there's the tanties over sitting in his high chair to eat his meals, buckling his car seat harness holding still for nappy changes. We use pull-ups through the daytime now that he's standing, which makes it a bit easier, but really not much because now he can run away. It just feels so endless. And my husband and I don't know the best way to react. Will trying to soothe him with cuddles, etc., just lead to rewarding this behavior? Should we ignore it? Help, we're lost. Okay, so that's a difficult thing. Um... I think there's probably two things going on here. Uh, one, a little bit of information we don't have is where he has a nap in the day. So sometimes when you see these very young toddlers, you know, those 14, 15, 16 month olds, as opposed to the 20 month olders, when you see them having lots of tantrums about everything, it's usually one of two things. One, they're very overtired, so it amplifies all of the behaviours. So maybe he's not sleeping long enough in the day. So a 15-month-old would probably have one day sleep of about two hours. So if they got up about six or seven in the morning, they might have a sleep between 12 and two and then go down somewhere around seven. So if that was in place and he's sleeping quite well for you, then it might be something um, where he's trying to be a bit more independent and we're trying to rush him through things. So for instance, getting in the car, they need these sort of slower transitions. So taking your time to, cause he's probably trying to walk, to walk him to the car, then maybe giving him a book in his hands while you sit him in the car seat and buckle him in. But they do take time and patience at this stage. So if it's not sleep, then it's probably this period of time where he just needs things to happen a little bit slower and talk to him about what's going to happen. Mummy's getting you out of the car. We're going to sit in the pram and we're going to the post office. So those, those trying to tell him where things are going. I don't think it's bad habits. I don't think it's, um, you know, he's trying to be naughty. I think it's probably a combination of the sleep and this developmental stage where he's trying to, you know, see how he can independently fit in these transitions that he's doing. Carlita says, hi, I'm a mum, a first time mum seeking advice. I have a three month old and every time someone other than me or my husband holds him, he starts screaming. Then oh. as soon as they hand him back, he's fine. Everyone keeps saying I need to do something about it for when he goes to daycare or I will struggle. I take him to meet everyone, but he just doesn't seem to like many people. <laughs> what can we do about it? I just hate to hear him crying. 
I think he's just a little bit overwhelmed. And, you know, unless he's going to daycare next month, I wouldn't worry about it at all. And some babies are quite cautious. They need to feel very secure before they're handed over. And if lots of people, when you walk in, rush up to them, they won't tolerate that very well. So when you go into a place, even if it's your mother's place or somewhere he's very familiar with, I would sit with him in my arms for a good five, six, seven minutes, let everything calm down and let people back away from him and let him feel comfortable with where you are before you hand him over. So if I see a new client, I don't rush into their babies. I sit really back a bit further, have a bit of a conversation, try and engage the baby a little bit. And from there, I then might see if the baby will come to me. So this is probably just a little cautious baby. Don't let people rush you into it. He just needs a bit more time and he'll get used to those faces and those familiar people. And then I think he'll easily go to them with a bit of time and a bit of development. Yeah, he's only three months. Yeah, he's only a tiny baby. Yeah. Who are these people? Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) This question comes from Shay on Facebook. She says, My two year old still breastfeeds. I work four days per week and she can go all day without it, but then wants to feed for what seems like all night. We co sleep. I am keen to wean her, but she won't give up. She has a good diet and drinks cow's milk and has plenty of cheese, yogurt, and calcium. Any tips to wean this toddler of mine? I didn't have this trouble with my older boys. Now, can you just remind me how old she is? Two years old. Two years old. I think that's a choice between you. When she's two years old, you know, she knows what she can get and how she's going to get it. So I think in this case... Um, it's it's really a decision between you and being consistent for her. So making no mean no. Um, and a two-year-old, lots of distraction would help. And maybe your partner going in to deal with her instead of it needing to be you to do the weaning. But it, as a two-year-old, I think they only respond to just stop feeding them. I don't think feeding them a little bit and not feeding them in other places, I think that's too confusing for them. So I tend to say to the parents, choose your day that you're ready to not feed her anymore. Let her know. So the night before you say this is the last feed and then you're going to need the help of your partner the next day to help out and distract her where she normally gets a feed. And I think it'll take a few days, but you'll get there in the end. Good luck, Shay. Uh, We've probably got time for one more question. This comes from Zainab. I have a question about my four-year-old who just refuses to listen or follow simple instructions. When she wakes up in the morning, she refuses to sit down for breakfast, use the bathroom or change into her play clothes. We've tried rewards, consequences, and nothing seems to work. It's a constant battle for us from morning until night. She just fights and fights with us. I would love any help or advice. Okay. I think this one I'd take really slowly and gently. Um, Sometimes doing things, giving yourself more time to do things is going to help out here. So instead of rushing the um, sequence of events that you're trying to do, just slow them down a little bit so that she doesn't automatically start the fight. So it'll take a little bit of time and also choose one or two of the incidences where she does this. Don't try and tackle the whole day of fighting. So you might just tackle the bedtime routine 
and then you might tackle a few days later what she does for you overnight and just keep and then her day sleeps but you're just slowing down those transitions and I think sometimes they learn the sequence of what we do and they learn to fight it they learn to know if they do this this is when I do that so slowing it down calming it down is really going to help to try and dissipate some of that fighting for you Oh, you were way too efficient. I have more time now. <laughs> this comes from Edwina. She says, we need to stop my six-month-old's dummy dependency. It affects his and our sleep as he wakes as soon as it falls out and needs us to go in to put it back for him. But the problem is he also needs it to fall asleep. Do you have any tips on how to wean him off it without upsetting him too much? I really don't want to leave him to cry it out. Oh, Okay. So this is a tough one because uh, usually what I do is I don't take it away initially, but I don't give it to him initially. So often we find this problem when um, people use the dummy as a cue to go to sleep as opposed to um, a tool to help them settle. So what I mean by that is a cue means that I've changed my baby's nappy, I'm getting the room ready and I've already put the dummy in its mouth. So therefore, when it drops out, that baby thinks the dummy needs to go back in its mouth. So the other version is I get the room ready, I've changed the nappy, I've given a cuddle, I've put them into bed, I've let them settle, I've helped them settle. So patting, maybe picking up and reassuring and putting back down. And then if that hasn't worked after five or six minutes, maybe even 10 minutes, then I give the dummy. So there's two different ways of using the dummy. And obviously he's got this real attachment to the dummy and it's also helped them get him to sleep. So what I would do for him is go to the second version of it. So I'd start doing things because he's six months old now, like change his nappy um, and calm the room down or dim the room down and then read a story and then put him into bed and leave him calmly. So when he's in a calm state, leave him. So this might mean that you have to go backwards and forwards um, a few times and pick him up and give him a cuddle and put him down and maybe even pat his bottom a little bit to give him comfort in the bed. And then if 10 minutes has gone past and he really hasn't settled, then put the dummy in. But you need to do it all the time. So you can't do that in the day and then at night run in every time he um, gets up and you put the dummy in. You have to do the same thing as in giving him a period of time. So that's quite a gentle way of just weaning back that dummy and getting uh, less and less use of the dummy. And the alternative is actually to take the dummy away. So you might pick a weekend when you and your partner can cope with this and you take the dummy away, but you give him a lot more comfort. So you pop him into bed, you might have to pick him up and cuddle him a bit more and put him back down and pat him a bit more. And it's going to take a little bit longer to do um, but what you're doing is not giving back the dummy and after a few days you'll see that your settling actually decreases and he starts to respond to a little bit of cuddle or a little bit of a pat and he no longer needs that dummy so either of those methods would work for you it's just working out which one would suit you as a family well, Chris, thank you so much for your help on this very first helpline of 2021. Oh, that's a pleasure. If you didn't get your chance to ask Chris a question, she is part of the parent school at Babyology. So you can check out the links either in the notes of this podcast or if you're watching us live on Facebook in the notes of the Facebook video. Um, and then you can go to the parent school and book a one-on-one -on -one consult with Chris or with any one of our other experts that are online. It's really great because then you actually get time to talk 
with Chris. A bit of back and forth always helps, doesn't it, Chris? It certainly does. <laughs> and then you get to ask more questions and it, it tailors probably more specifically to you really and helps. your family. Um, so we will be back next week and I hope you're well until that time. And Chris, thank you so much for coming. Oh, on. it's a pleasure. Thanks, Siobhan. We'll thank see you. you. Bye-bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.